Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Why aren't my prayers more productive? Why won't God answer my prayers? These are common questions that we have. One of the most beloved passages of Scripture is Isaiah 40. The major prophet sounds a major theme. He speaks of the greatness of God. The Lord faints not, neither is weary. He gives power to the faint. Even the young can grow weary, but they that wait upon the Lord. That phrase has been such a blessing through the years. Regardless of the trial we face, we know that we can turn to God. We can wait upon him. And when trouble comes, when disaster strikes, when weariness and spiritual fatigue appear, we wait on the Lord. How do we wait on God? We wait on him as a servant does his master. We wait on him as a watchman looks for the morning light. We wait on him as a dog searches its master's face for any sign of his intent. We wait on him as a trusting child, knowing that he cares for his own. We wait on him as a petitioner before a benevolent and magnanimous magistrate. We wait on the Lord. That's what we do when our prayers are not answered. That's what we do when our prayers don't seem as effective as they should. We wait on the Lord. But what if? What if the problem isn't answered by waiting on God? What if the problem's answer is actually the exact opposite? Rather than waiting on God, what if God is waiting on us? Dare we ask it, Lord, are you waiting on me? On Daily Devotions this week, we're talking about God at work, and you may be waiting on God to Perform a work in a certain area of your life. I guess today I'm just pondering the question, what if God has done all he's going to do in a particular situation? And now he's waiting on us. The ball is in our court. What if he has blessings ready to be poured out, but we're not yet in a blessable mode? And as our passage outlines today, there are blessings found in obedience, blessings that are forever beyond our reach if we disobey. So back to the original question, what if we've been waiting on God for an answer, but God is waiting on us? Today, if you'll allow me, I'm going to dive into the scripture and share with you five great stories about man's delayed obedience. We talk about the delay in God answering a prayer. I think sometimes we need to flip the table and talk about how mankind delays in full obedience. Each of these five great stories involve the fully expressed mind and will of God. Each involves an act of faithlessness on the part of a person or a people And each involves some sort of discipline, a needless, avoidable consequence. And then each involves ultimate fulfillment and an act of divine grace. Let me go chronologically through 
the Bible with these five instances of delayed obedience. What about the first one in Genesis 19? God spares Lot. But Lot doesn't go far enough. Through Abraham's prayer, God sent angels to Sodom to rescue Lot and his family. We know the story. We also know that the angels told him to go into the mountains and he would be saved. But he argued that it was too far. Could he settle in a small village called Zoar? Can you imagine that? Arguing with heaven when heaven's told you how to be saved? Now, after Lot's wife turned back, Lot went ahead and obeyed, but the delayed obedience was a costly one. Here's the second illustration in Numbers 13 and 14. On the edge of the promised land, Israel waited as 12 spies investigated the land, this land flowing with milk and honey that had been promised to them. 10 spies came back with a bad report. You know, guys, we're just like grasshoppers in their sight. We're so small. They believed the majority report and said, it's not so bad in the desert. Maybe we should just go back to Egypt. According to Moses' count, it was the 10th such time they had done something like this. An 11-day journey from Egypt to Canaan became a 40-year slog in the wilderness because of disobedience. Delayed obedience is usually a repetitious pattern, and it's so time-consuming. Here's the third illustration of delayed obedience in 1 Kings 19. This chapter finds the great prophet Elijah discouraged, hiding in a cave. God whispers to him three clear successive commands. Number one, go to Damascus and anoint Haziel as king over Syria. Number two, go to Israel and anoint Jehu king over Israel. Number three, go to Elisha and anoint him to be prophet in your stead. Three things God tells Elijah to do. He skips number one and two and goes directly to number three, anointing Elisha. He does all of this in the same chapter. It would fall to Elisha to anoint Haziel. He does this in 2 Kings 8, some 27 years later. It fell to Elisha's servant to anoint Jehu in 2 Kings 9, some 33 years later. What could have and would have been accomplished had obedience been instantaneous. Here's what we learn here. Delayed obedience creates hardship, prolonged hardship for the next generation. Might I also say that Elijah was simply tired of fighting? He grew weary in his solitude. That's why it's good we gather like this. It reminds us we are not alone. We cannot pay the high price of delayed obedience. Here's a fourth illustration in Scripture of delayed obedience. It's found in Jonah 1. We know the story probably better than the preceding one, so I'll not spend much time with it. Jonah was called to preach to the people of the great city of Nineveh, and he booked passage on a ship going in the opposite direction. He's swallowed by a whale, but God gives Jonah a second chance to do what he had asked him to do the first time, and Jonah obeys, and God spares Nineveh. Delayed obedience opens many others up to calamities. And then finally, the fifth illustration that I bring to your attention, 
is the parable of two sons found in Matthew chapter 21. It was after the Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem, just days before his crucifixion. He tells a parable of two sons, and it indicates people's differing treatment of the Lord. The first son said no, but then regretted not obeying the father's command, and then said yes. The second son said yes to the father's command, then reconsidered and said no. Delayed obedience can be corrected. You may say no at first, but in your heart, say, I need to think about what God has done for me, and I need to step out in faith. God is more interested in receiving an ultimate yes from you than your first response to him, even though it's maybe negative. So embrace this. God desires joyful obedience from us. Do you remember when Jesus called the fishermen with a simple invitation, follow me? The Bible says immediately, they left their nets and followed him. That's what God is seeking from our lives, instantaneous obedience. Obedience says, I'll do it, God, without reservation, without reticence. Don't need to pray about it. I don't need to talk to my team about it. Don't need to run it by the tribe or the clan, some friends on social media. When God says to give, we give. When God says to forgive, we forgive. God says to reach others, we don't do what Moses did. Here am I, Lord, send my brother Aaron. True obedience is done instantaneously. It's done with enthusiasm. The 100th Psalm says, obey him gladly. This is David's attitude. Just tell me what to do and I will do it, Lord. As long as I live, Psalm 119, I will wholeheartedly obey. And this is the promise that we have from God. Blessings come to those who fully obey. I began this with the first two verses of Deuteronomy 28, promises that God will bless you if you fully obey him. There are words of blessings that are found throughout Deuteronomy 28, but the chapter turns at verse 15 and then continues for 54 verses to verse 68. What are these verses that cover some 1,600 or more words? These are the verses of curses. That chapter closes with the curses that come upon those who do not fully obey the Lord. They'll be cursed in the field, cursed in their family, cursed when they come in and go out, on and on. Worse and worse, curse upon curse. In fact, in fact, when you look at the blessings and the cursings on Ebal and Gerizim, those mountains referenced in Deuteronomy 28, the cursings are nearly four times as many as the blessings. So the question I ask is not an insensitive one. It's not idle. It's not speculative or even rhetorical. The question I ask you is very important. If you and I want to live a blessed life, if we want our family to prosper, if we want the next generation to be blessed, the question to ask and answer is God waiting on me? Has he given me an instruction, but I've yet to obey? If God told me to sow into something, but the seed is still in the barn, 
then how can I expect to be blessed until the seed is sown? If God told me to uproot something in my life, but the plant remains untouched and still yields its poisonous fruit, then how can we expect to be blessed until it's uprooted? If God told us to plow up a field, but the field remains fallow and hard, how can we expect God to bless us until the field is plowed? I think of the time there was a drought in David's life. Drought and famine had entered Judah, the land of praise. When David asked God why it had happened, God said there was some disobedience with your predecessor, and that's why the skies are going to be brass. Why am I not experiencing the blessings of God? Maybe I just need to step into the land of immediate obedience. Yes, when you go to God in prayer, what hill of disobedience separates you from his face? I pray that we're in a gracious time when God will grant us mercy and time to modify an answer and to turn from a no to a yes. For there are blessings to be had and cursings to be avoided. And it comes from a simple, yes, Lord, I will do what you tell me to do. One more thing. The Jewish teachers of the law do not believe there is such a thing as a cursing. Rather, there's a revealed blessing and a concealed blessing. That once we step into the right relationship with God, then that which is concealed becomes revealed. I pray God reveals his goodness to you today. Is God waiting on you? If so, step forward in faith and claim His promise. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.